This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We all get stuck in a cycle, a routine that becomes mundane and ends up leaving us feeling a little bit frustrated. It turns out all you need is an enforced break to let yourself rest, reevaluate, and make subtle changes to go again. Have you any scientific proof, Dr. Craig, I hear you ask? Well, yes, I have. Case in point, Mansfield Town FC. After last weekend's trip to Northampton was frozen off, an extra week on the training ground allowed Clough to rethink his players to rest and subtle changes to fall into place. The outcome, a fine 4-1 win over Doncaster Rovers. More of that once or twice a week between now and the end of the season, and who knows where we could end up. It could well be the medicine which leads us to achieve our dreams. But the moans, niggles and mundane nature of what led us to this point are by no means gone, but a step in the right direction has been made for sure. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk more about that, along with praise for standing Scott Flinders and Mr Utility Kieran Wallace, the impact of Fresh Faces, and one more wishful discussion about player movement before the transfer window slams shut tomorrow. As always, we want you to have your say on your team, so get involved in the live feed, in the comments, and who knows, you could be influencing what we say tonight. You will be influencing what we say tonight. You know how it works. You've been here for six series now. It's the place for you to have your say on your team, on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Let's get it underway, shall we? Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is that you're listening to this. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. And how much better is it to be sitting here on a Monday evening with three points in the bank, four goals for once? Who would have foresaw that? See where I was going with it? And uh, a lot more to talk about in between as well. We're, what, 24 hours ish away from the transfer window slamming shut. There could still be some movement. We've got plenty to talk about tonight. And as always, we want you guys at home to have your say on your team. So if you're watching the live version of this, make sure you drop a comment in the live feed with your comment, question, opinion, whatever it is on all things Mansfield Town. And we'll talk about it between now and, well, 
in the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour or so. Right, uh, let's find out who's going to be joining me on this voyage of discussion tonight. Let's go across to uh, Sutton Ashfield and say hello to the voice of the stags, the living legend that is everybody's favourite ditty writer, Mr Alan Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And let's switch to the man who seems to have more inside knowledge than uh, Piers Morgan and the Daily Mail. It's uh, Clive Parkin, the inside man. How are you, mate? All right. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, everybody. I know nothing. <laughs> you don't write. <laughs> Stop trying to be Manuel from, uh, from Faulty <laughs> Towers. Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. You clearly know you, there's, there's something on the horizon with Clive. You've had a few punts and to be fair all the punts that you've had so far in January seem to have landed very close to the mark so with 24-ish hours to go before the end of the transfer window forget Mystic Meg it's all about Mystic Clive what can you tell us what well, do you I know? do have a mole uh, who sh shall always remain anonymous and it has he or she has proved to be re re oh. reasonably <laughs> accurate um, <laughs> in recent times and I've no reason to doubt what I'm learning. Um, and at the moment, instinct and molism tells me that something's going to break tomorrow in the form of a, a new face and uh, at least one player out on loan. And I think the one that's almost definitely going to go is Mr Gordon. Yes, uh, I think, you know, regardless of moles, inside information, all of that stuff, get lucky guesses, whatever you want to call it, Alan, I think the writing has perhaps been on the wall a little bit for Kellen Gordon. We'll delve into that first before we talk about Doncaster on Saturday. And I think more so in the last few weeks since we brought Callum Johnson in, um, I think Gordon now is very much down the pecking order in terms of who Clough sees as his right wing backs. Callum Johnson, obviously now the, the natural first choice. Elliot Hewitt, um, I think it's fair to say that before Clough plays Kellen Gordon there he'd rather play Lucas Aikens and perhaps Jordan Bowery there as well so I think that says a lot and it wouldn't be a surprise whatsoever would it tomorrow if we saw uh, Gordon leaves Mansfield Town whether it be a loan deal or a permanent deal elsewhere I think it's one which we're perhaps expecting uh, to come to fruition tomorrow <clears throat> afternoon yeah it's not mystic Meg it's confident Clive <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. As soon as we saw Mr. Johnson's signing, I think the writing was on the wall. And like you say, you know, just uh, adhered to. I think he's a little bit down the pecking order. It might be used again. If he doesn't go out, it might be used again as and when needed. But <laughs> I can't see it, to be honest. On, on a personal level, chaps, I think we've seen whatever the best of Gordon was. And I think his best is behind him now. Um, and personally, um, I don't like to see anybody going, but. I'd be comfortable in leaving now, but I don't think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be a sale. I think it'll be a loan, pending a sale in the, at the end of his contract. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult situation with Kel Gordon, of course, one of the longest-serving players, other than Jason Law and perhaps Jimmy Knowles. Um, he's been in and around it for a while. When he first came, he had that potential. Then he's been plagued with injuries here, there, and everywhere. And I, I don't know. I think he's not. A right back, he's definitely a right wing back or even a right midfielder. I thought that actually, probably for me, Clive, the best that we saw of Kellen Gordon was probably in his first season or so when he actually when we played with a flat four four two. I think Dempster was in charge 
uh, back then, which shows you how long ago it, it was when he played out and out right midfield. It's where he played for Lincoln. It's where he sort of got his name yeah, a little yeah. bit. And uh, I don't think in this, the way we sort of shape up, we really need we can really utilize him to the best of his ability. Well, I think. Yes, I, I remember him being quite a useful player and, and quite instrumental. But we've not seen much of that lately. The odd flash of inspiration, the odd belt down the wing, the odd decent cross, but not enough to justify his place. I mean, where, wherever he goes, he can take his own treatment table with him, can't he? Because we've got one with his name on it, Phil Mill. I think it would be a shame, Alan. But again, like we said, it's, it's not something which we, we'd necessarily... Um, it, it come out of the blue like perhaps Ollie Hawkins did. We'd wish him all, all the very best. And you, you'd have to say, if we were to lose a player at this point in the season, probably that area is about is about the place where we could afford to relinquish one, maybe get a little bit of money in, maybe get, or, or you know, whether that be a, a fee for a transfer or, or a loan. You just wish him all the best. I, I, I think the critical thing for me would be learning by our mistakes. And Kellen Gordon, for me, is good enough to play League Two football. He's probably good enough if he stays injury-free and gets a run in the side to play League One football. But for me, if we are to, to let him go to another club, it cannot be one of our League Two rivals. I think once bitten, twice shy with, with that. Because look at what happened last year with Harry Charlesley. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But uh, I think uh, Clive alluded to it earlier on about the treatment table. You know, he has, he's been unlucky with injuries because he had a decent first season. And like we've all said, we've seen glimpses of him. You know, he has got to turn a pace. He can take a man on. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but probably, I don't know, 45% of the time the ball does come across. It doesn't hit the defender or, you know, go out or whatever. But fair play to that. Good luck to him. You know, if he finds a club, you know, and gets first team football, I wish him all the best. Another conundrum that uh, Nigel Clough faces, and this is the the one which is a little bit more controversial for me, Clive, is the future of John Joe O'Toole. He was another one who was mentioned by Clough in his post-match comments on Saturday. He's been mentioned again today in his uh, in his weekly press call that he could potentially be leaving as well. And what an absolute turnaround that is, considering this time last year we were all... You know, at the start of the transfer window, we're, we're eager to get him signed on a longer-term contract. We're buzzing when he did. And now it looks like we, we could be losing him because he's not had the opportunity to, to play. And, you know, you may or may not agree with me, but I think if we were to let John Joe O'Toole go, I think personally it would be a mistake and make a mockery of uh, our recruitment system from just 12 months ago. Yeah, it makes you wonder just how much of these situations are down to personal conflict within the changing room and management team. Um, we don't know anything, of course, but I've just got this feeling that John Joe said something to uh, Mr Clough or, or Clough has asked him to do something and that with JJ's approval. And I get the impression that John Joe isn't going to bite his tongue. If he's not happy about something, he's probably likely to, to respond. I don't think Clough likes that. I think he likes his players to be fairly uh, compliant. Um, so I, I'm only guessing, but I suspect the real reason behind all this is he's now out of favour. I think that is the, the big point, Alan, that he's, he's not playing. I think if O'Toole was to ask Clough any questions, it is, why am I not playing? I think actually up until perhaps 
two weeks ago when we brought in Alfie Kilgore, I think he would have had a damn good case. And to be honest, even with Kilgore in the building, I still think that O'Toole does have a case to, yeah, to ask I, why he's not playing. I would agree there, but I'm going to say, it, uh, same as uh, Callum Gordon, he's had a few injuries, he's been out of form. When he has played, he hasn't looked the player as he did before. Yeah. But uh, after saying that, you know, you've got to have a good run in the team to get your confidence back, your speed up, etc., etc. And I think when he came on with it, was it with Jordan Barry in the was it the last away match? It looked more like the John Joe Tull that they were know and love. But I'd, I'd agree with you. I don't think he's been given really, you know, a fair crack of the whip through one thing or another. Well, it's, it's got think... worse for him, hasn't it, because of the acquisition of Alfie? Because you get Harbottle back from injury alongside Alfie, and where's O'Toole going to play? He's, he doesn't trust him to play in midfield, which is one of the areas that uh, O'Toole admitted he wanted to play in, and it's never been part of Clough's mindset to play him any, anywhere else other than in the back. So I just think it, Clough sees him as no longer as essential as he was when we took him on. I mean, let's be fair, when we recruited him last season as a out-of-contract player, we were in a pickle defensively and he filled the gap admirably and became very much a fan's favourite and on the back of that the club spent a lot of money to, to get him contracted in other clubs were after him but you're right Alan his form's never got back to where it once was now whether that's because he's not recovered properly from an injury whether it's motivation I don't know but ultimately in these areas you just have to trust the, the club's manager and, and if Clough doesn't see him as part of the solution now then he needs to go and play football somewhere, doesn't he? I think. I think go on, sorry, go Craig. On. I think you can just take an example with this one. You know about John Jota. I mean, look at Macca. Last year, player of the season. You know, he's had a few injuries this year, and he hasn't looked quite the player that he was last year. But that's through no fault of Macca's. If he's injured, if he's injured, you know, and it's just one of those things. You can't seem you can't seem to get somebody to play. You know, week in, week out, every year you know, to a standard that we'd like. Although Elliot Hewitt's, <laughs> you know, the other flip side of the coin this year because he's been outstanding. The thing with O'Toole for me, again, it like we mentioned sort of, you know, October time, it all comes down to the system and cloughs what seemed yeah. at the time and, and still does for me in a way. There's still something which doesn't quite sit right with me. That stubbornness to not change from the, the five at the back and that doesn't suit a John Joe O'Toole who was ahead it and kick it. I actually think, you know, if we went with a back four, I actually think him and Kilgore would be a, f a phenomenal partnership um, back there with, you know, but we've got so many options in there now with, you know, Hewitt, Hewitt who could play fullback or uh, Johnson who can play in there as well. And for whatever reason, with Clough sticking with that back five, it didn't quite suit o O'Toole and he wasn't performing to the stands. And I think for me, I was actually quite surprised that it's taken, excuse me, um, this long for Clough to come out and say, I'm going to look to move him on because you only have to go back to the other week where we're crying out for him to come on and sort of do a job and sort of solidify our defence in a game. And what does he do? He drags Hawkins back there and then brings Bowery on and then puts Bowery back there and puts Hawkins back up top. He didn't trust him. And no. It, what will be even more laughable for me is if, 
Danny Johnson does subsequently go out between now and this time tomorrow to another club, that on Saturday afternoon against Doncaster Rovers, John Joe O'Toole was pushed out of the squad by a striker who is, by Clough's own admission, at least fourth choice in the pecking order, to not even get a place in, in the squad. And there's something which doesn't quite sit right there. Maybe it's the directive thing of getting older players out of the door as well. But then would you be looking at James Perch? It, it's a strange situation, but I can't see O'Toole being happy having with the amount of games that he's 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 had the opportunity to play. Um, when does his contract season. expire? Do you know? Yeah. End of Ooh. next season? I would say two and a half years or something like that, weren't it? Uh, that's that's the bit which doesn't quite sit well with me. The yeah. fact that yes, you see the point is if if he's got that amount of contract left and the and the club wants him to move elsewhere, the best way of doing that is to give him a shot window and, mm. and let him get some performances in, and then other clubs can say as we're running in towards the end of the season, there's a play we can make use of. Um, if he yeah. doesn't play, it's the same with Danny Johnson now, because unless he does go to Warsaw, I don't see Johnson playing football for us. I really don't. I, I don't have an opinion about Danny Johnson, except I think he's a miserable swine. But we we don't, um, you know, the lad deserves to play football. Whatever I think about him, whatever anybody else thinks about him, at the moment, him being part of Mansfield is quite abusive towards him as, a, as an employee, because he's mm. between a rock and a hard place. And the club's yeah. responsible for this. And I think the owner is responsible for this as well. Because I think there's the signals that the owner has dabbled and dibbled in all this at some point. Um, and yeah. I think you have to accept that that's a privilege you get when you put a lot of money into a football club. Whether it's right or wrong or not, I don't know. What club's view of the lad is, I don't know. But we don't need him if everything else is working all right. I'm going to come back to Danny Johnson in a second. Because I want to stay on the O'Toole thing for a second. Because... What I was going to say was, yeah, we did need him last season and he came in and did a superb job for us. But when it got to January, we didn't need, we could have afforded at that point with Perch coming back and with the transfer window open, we could have afforded to say, do you know what? You know, we don't see a longer term contract for you here. There are other centre backs out there. We'll risk it. I think we made a negative, not a negative move, last January. I think that's probably a little bit unfair because I, I absolutely love JJ and would love to see him uh, stay and start. But if we had no intent, if we had only the intention of playing him last season and then to phase him out this season, why on earth sign a big check, get him on a big contract at his age, at that age to keep him at, at the club when there's no intention of, of playing? I think there's a little bit of mismanagement of the budget a little bit there and uh, it there's a little bit of Craig, a concern. there is an answer to that question. And the, the answer, in my opinion, is that, that people, clubs, businesses make mistakes. And I think it was a mistake with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, don't forget, the fans have a part to play in this. There was a, a great tumult of people wanting him to sign a contract. And it was like, John Radford, do whatever you've got to do to sign him on. We must sign him on. Get your checkbook out. Don't. Let money be a reason for not signing him on. In the end, we got him by virtue of giving me a longer contract, along with the pay deal that I presume he was happy with. So yeah. that was the decision we took. With hindsight, it might have been a mistake. Who knew that Perch would be able to play football again last season? Because That's true. At one point, he looked like he was out, full stop. Um, 
And we've only bought a little bit of time with Birch anyway, and to be fair, haven't we? Because the lad's got to come to an end. His, career, his footballing career has got to come to an end sooner or later. So yeah. I, I can understand the decision. Um, and he'd proven in his, his non-contract period with us how useful he'd been. So it was a decision that made sense at that time. Mm. And if we had to sell him, if we had to provide him with a, a two and a half year contract or whatever it was to get his signature, that was the price we paid for it. Now, That's... you can't reverse out of it now. You can only try and move on with it. It's very true, very true. Sometimes we all sign contracts that we're not, uh, that we probably shouldn't have signed. Um, yeah. before, some of us managed to get out of them, so others not so much. Uh, speaking of which, Danny Johnson, Alan, um, was it a surprise to you when you saw his name uh, on the team sheet on uh, on Saturday afternoon? I know you're more of the in the camp of, I want Johnson to stay and I want him to come and score no, 15, not 16 no. goals. I was expecting him to be in the squad, to be fair. I didn't think he'd play. I must admit that, but I, I well, I was 99% certain he'd be in the squad. But I, I didn't like, you know, when I know it's uh, it's all tit for tat, but when he when he was running up and down the line, you know, when our bottle and Swan and that, and they're all doing this business for the crowd, Danny Johnson just didn't seem interested for what I could see when he was coming down by where it, my window is. And I, I don't like have to that, try and find that, it. that doesn't help. I'm going to have to try and find it, and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing it. If my connection goes a little bit dodgy, I do apologise. Alan, uh, when, the, when at the end of the game, when everybody was on the pitch celebrating what was a, a, a really good result, um, he just disappeared down the tunnel. By yeah, but it, it did come out after again with the substitutes when they had to walk. Yeah, 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 you have to, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm yeah, just well, trying that, to find yeah, 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 But and, what I'm saying, I don't think when he was on warm up sprints. By doing during the that. game, sorry to keep interrupting you, but during the game, when he was warming up along with the other subs, yeah, uh, at one point the crowd gave him a bit of a, a chant. He didn't acknowledge it, he wasn't interested. No. And he's a face like thunder. Now, whether that's his normal face, I don't know, but it's the only one we ever see. Well, seen. it's interesting yeah, that you say that. I'm, ju like that. I'm just trying to find uh, a picture which was taken by our uh, photographer friend, Mr. Dan Westwell, who, oh, yeah, uh, Daniel, yeah, who took a superb image of Danny Johnson, which I think sums up the entire uh, situation, which I'm just about to post on to, uh, I'm going to put onto our screen in just a second. I'm sure he won't mind me uh, sharing this. Uh, so all credit to uh, uh, to Dan for this. I've just got to get it loaded up. It will be here in a second as it does its little circly thing. Magic of uh, live production. The image there, I think I'll let you see on screen for the audio mm -hmm. listeners, that's uh, Johnson having sort of a little side look out of his uh, eye with the bib on, drinking a little bit of water. He doesn't look a happy chappy, does he? He doesn't look entirely comfortable with the situation there. If you were a, a body language uh, expert, Clive, what would you be saying to uh, to the image that you can see on screen now? Well, I, I think, and I understand, and I actually, uh, I'm actually sympathetic for the lad. I don't think he wants to be where he's sat, whether he's drinking water or not. He wants to be somewhere else. And I suspected much rather be at Warsaw than here. And I think he, as indeed a lot of Warsaw fans feel, that we've, as a club, behaved quite badly where this arrangement's been concerned. Because originally they were buying him, and then we reneged on that deal and made it a loan deal. And of course, now we've, we've extricated ourselves from the loan deal and left ourselves with only very, very few options, haven't we? So the lad's feeling a bit trapped, I think. And I don't think he's, I don't think the motivation is there naturally for him to come back and play for Mansfield. But it's not helped when he's sat on the bench 
And there's a player out there that we'd all love to death, Reese Oaks, who's not playing well. And, you know, he's not been playing well for a few weeks, if we're being honest. And you'd have thought mm. that was the background which would have would allowed him to come and play football. Now, I think the only thing that's stopping that is the club didn't want to burn one of its bridges in terms of being now, able to sell somebody. Now, if that's the case, why put him on the bench? Exactly. You see, now, the, the, yeah, you see, there's a bit of confusion there as well because Nigel Clough seems to be under the impression that he can still sign for anybody because he didn't play. Yeah. yeah, I'm not so. Sure. I'm not so sure. I don't. I'm probably in the wrong. Clough will know better than than what I do in terms of the rulings. But I was was under the impression that if we used him in the match day squad, regardless of whether or not he played a single second of football, that it was only us and Warsaw that he could play for. But obviously, I'm out. I don't, I don't think that is the rule. case. I, under, I yeah. think that was my earlier understanding. But a number of people have. Told I think that me was a lot of people's understanding, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It may well be the rules. It got to, to have these. match day minutes, hadn't he? Is that it? Yeah. It actually got to have some minutes under his belt. But if he wasn't going to be played because they wanted to keep that option fluid, I understand that. But you don't sit him on the bench. That's just torturing the lad. What What is it about? Exactly. You know? And you know what else it's doing as well? It's also uh, putting people like John Joe O'Toole um, and players like that who were well within that squad's uh, dynamic out of kilter. I'd rather put a youth team on the bench and give them match day experience then put Johnson on the bench if your intention is to still let, let him ask go. You a and of question, course, Craig, if we don't, if we don't sign, if someone doesn't sign him and take him away for the remainder of the season, and that's looking increasingly unlikely, I have to say. Yeah, we come to the next game, and our lead striker is not on the best of form. He's working hard, but he's not got. He's not. He's not performing his magic. Does uh, Clough say, right, Danny? Come on, there's a chance here to show what you can do. No. The, no, and I'll tell you why he doesn't, because he's already answered that question for you in his com press conference on Saturday after the game and today where Clough does what Clough does very, very well, and that's lists the players he puts in priority of minutes. And Daddy Johnson was nowhere, was nowhere near uh, that call. He, Daddy, the only way Danny Johnson will get a start is if Reese Oates is, is injured or suspended, uh, Lucas Aikens is injured or suspended. Will Swan is injured or suspended. Jordan Bowery is injured or suspended. Danny Johnson is at least fifth in Nigel Clough's way of thinking. And I think that says a lot about the situation. Alan? I think that says more about Nigel Clough than it does about Danny Johnson. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm not here to defend Danny Johnson at all. It's not my role. Um, and it doesn't matter to me whether he, he stays or goes in all fairness. I think we can cope without him. But the reality is that bloke is contracted to our football club. He's an employer of our football club. And as an employer, the football club should be treating him better and with more respect. Yeah, I agree. Alan, what, that's, what's just you... not, that's just good business practice. Yeah, just, absolutely. You know my feeling, I'd like to see the lad play. I really so would. I the love problem is, is he's a goal scorer, is a fox in the box, which, which is, apart from Saturday, is what we're missing. That's just complete... my opinion. On, on that score, I completely agree, but I just do not think that even if he did, that he would score and replicate the form that he had at Warsaw because we are two different ways of playing football. It's why he didn't work in the first place. Yeah, but give the lad a chance. He's had his chance. Well, why bring him <laughs> back then, Craig? Anyone, then? Exactly. Should have sold him. <laughs> We should have sold him in the bloody summer when we had chance, but now we went. Oh, we're not going to do that because you know we we go back on our, our word. I mean, we, we are in a position so... now as a, as his employer to be bloody minded and say, 
well, you're going nowhere. You're not. You can train with the kids here, and that's the end of it. Well, to be honest, that's just really, really bad management. As somebody way. that's as a as a person, as a human being that has been in that position uh, by a former employer or employers have been made to feel not wanted and things like that, it is a horrible place to be. But there are certain things you can do to get out of that, and I, you know, I, I think there's certain methodology you could take. It's all about your attitude. If I was him, he's he's got us over a over a barrel, in my opinion. If I was him, the one thing I would have done on Saturday afternoon, when I was on the bench, when I was out warming up, regardless of my thoughts and feelings for the manager or my own immediate future, when the fans were chanting his name and trying to give him a warm reception back, I'd have turned around, even if it was just a little turn around, little little clap exactly. and show appreciation. The lack of appreciation is why I don't want to see him in a Mansfield Town shirt unless he, the next time it happens, all right, he might not have heard it. He might have been focused on his warm-up and whatever, but everybody else heard it. So why didn't <laughs> yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. Is he mutton? Well, is, the is thing he, was, he, the thing was, it was running at the side of Harbottle and Swan. You know, and they Hobart both heard it. Came out and they both did this business like they all do when Mac has been on bench, etc., etc., Lucas, whoever. Yeah. But he came out and, you know, with some of the others, but there was nothing. There was nothing what makes it worse, just, Alan, it wasn't just, just the like crowd that. applauding the subs running up and down. At some point, the crowd broke out into singing Danny Johnson. Yeah, they right. did. You can't, you can't presume that's for anybody else other than Danny Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've not been around for a long time. So every time they sang Danny, he heard Callum. Maybe that's the confusion. Maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> Either way, just turn. It takes half a second to clap, to crack half a smile, even Listen, if you don't want to be there. Craig, there's, that there's is, no, that's the be-all and end-all of there's it. There's faults that, on both it. sides here. There's faults on both sides. I think he is a surly little character and he's... You're right. I think he's he's grudgingly now riding through this situation, which he's helped to provoke by not making it clear he won't sign a contract beyond the end of this season, wherever he goes, which makes him practically worthless from a fee point of view. Um, so and much of exactly. us will say, "Well, we're paying you, stay here, then we'll we'll continue to not use you." Um, Another prime example. But I do believe that. Sorry to finish my point. I do believe that the club have behaved unprofessionally on this occasion. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree on, on, on that score. Another fine example of uh, our flawed transfer system and people not being allowed to do their jobs. Right, let's dive, dive into some comments, shall we? Uh, I've had a few coming in tonight. I think we should. There are, there are a few uh, conversations between people, so I've just sort of uh, left them running. But there are a, few, a couple of uh, key comments to pick out uh, over some of the things that we've been talking about tonight. Um and that is uh, that James says, uh, uh, well, we'll start with Kerry. We'll talk about O'Toole. She says it was a two-year contract on uh, starting on the 25th of January 2022. So that takes him to 2024. So there is, you know, he's still at the club. And I think it was a two and a half year deal. I'm sure it was to the end of that season. Uh, Rob says, Phil for JJ. James says, even if O'Toole goes, we will get a fee for him. Uh, came in on a free, so ultimately think from a business point of view, it's not too bad. We'll also help with the reinvestment back to the squad. Absolutely won't mind that if if we get a fee uh, for him, um, although letting him go 
for free would not be a bad thing either because it would alleviate some wages. We've not spent anything to bring him in, so we're not losing anything if we let him go. Whereas Danny it's Johnson, a good on the point, other hand, isn't it? it's with, a good point, and he's probably one of the highest paid players as well. Yeah. Whereas Danny Johnson, on the other hand, we had the opportunity to cash up in on him, and at the end of the season, we're going to lose him and get absolutely fuck all. Right, let's move on. Um, uh, Rob says we need cover for Macca. Uh, Roy says Danny Johnson sat on the bench, fourth in line. Re- uh, Reese on the pitch can't score. Does Clough actually know what he's doing? But big test against Bradford on Saturday. Well, you could argue, Roy, that we scored four goals on Saturday. So we do. Do we really need Danny Johnson? Uh, that would be Clough's argument, I imagine. Um, Craig, 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 can I just interrupt you for the for the benefit of any young people watching this uh, effort of ours tonight, or listening to it at any point in the future? When Craig says "absolutely for call," what he's actually saying is we'll get very little or nothing. Yeah, we'll get absolutely for call. Right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one of them days. <laughs> I really shouldn't sit in front of this radiator. I'm red hot. Oh, I'm blushing. Uh, where, where are we? Uh, Adam says, Danny Johnson, save him warm in the bench, uh, ready for Wembley playoff role. Not a fan of his, but he's not doing anything anywhere for longer than six months. He has a pay date plan in the summer. You've nailed it. Um, he didn't look a happy chappy when he came out after the match, says Kerry. Um, Stag's chat says, who could these three in, three out be? Is DJ <coughs> off to Warsaw? I'm not so sure about three in. Um, I'd definitely say one out, potentially two. Um, and if we're going to bring anybody in, Alan, surely it's going to be a, a, a replacement for uh, for Macker, isn't it, given the uh, the nature of his injury? Well, you would hope so. You would hope Well, if so. not a replacement, cover for him anyway. Yeah. Because Kieran did an admirable job, like you said. But, uh, I mean, he ended up taking, taking him off in hand, didn't he? Taking Wallace off. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, he got himself a booking, didn't he? Well, Kieran Wallace also as well. I, we'll talk about Wallace in a second because I think he's an unsung hero. Un, I'm going to say he's business. one of your favourites, Craig. He, he is. We'll talk about that in a second. But he's not a 90-minute player. And let's remember, he came on after, what, 10 minutes? on yeah. uh, on Saturday? It was quite early when he came on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I want to say it might have been less than that, Craig. Exactly. So, you know, you've got to imagine pretty much he's played a full, almost a full 90 there. Uh, but... Um, MTFC on YouTube says, not the MTFC, a user account with the name MTFC. Um, They would never watch this. Uh, Thoughts on Pim having the worst save percentage in the league and a good performance from Flinders on Saturday. Now, I don't believe in save percentage. I think that stat's not up there. Um, I want to talk about the positive side and I want to say Scott Flinders, you know, (coughs) was absolutely fantastic. One thing I don't have a problem with is when we were sort of talking Thursday, Friday, when we had a little bit of uh, inkling that Pim may not have been uh, available, I wasn't worried at all because we have a superb number two in Scott Flinders, who, let's not forget, was playing League One football uh, last season. We also have a superb, young, fresh, up-and-coming number three in Owen Mason, who was on the bench, and also a, a superb cover number four in Adam Collin, the goalkeeper coach, who has, you know, has played conference very, very recently, very experienced goalkeeper as well. The goalkeeping department is absolutely spot on. And Scott Flinders uh, was superb for me on uh, Saturday, Alan. None more so than that phenomenal save. I think he was at at 2-1 or or 3-1. I think it was 2-1, where he makes himself big. He, you know, he... 
gives the striker one option. He gets a firm hand to it and he puts the striker off. And that there is a superb match-winning save. Because if that goes in, at, if it was 2-1, it makes it 2-all. It's a different game. We're talking about throwing it away again. I thought Flinders was absolutely superb. And do you know what? Even if Pim was fit and available for Saturday, I think Flinders would be hard done by to be benched. I agree. Yeah, it uh, it was quite interesting as well that when everybody was, you know, when he'd caught the ball and everybody was shouting, get rid, get rid, get rid. And then he didn't. He held it. He looked. He waited. And then it was perfect assist for Lucas, which that, you know, probably might go under the radar a little bit. But uh, it certainly worked while he waited because... Well, what, what, a super, what a superb opportunity goal that was, though, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it was yeah. Absolutely superb. Yeah. Yeah. Might it did. It played really well. Yeah. But I'd be upset if I were Flinders, and I thought I've I've done nothing wrong. I'm to a lot of people I was man of the match. He wasn't. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was, and uh, you know, there's a real chance that uh, Pim will come back with his fingers strapped together, and I'll be back on the bench again. Um, I'd be upset if that were me. But there you um, go. I'd be more than upset. If it's dislocated, it's got to it's got to have time to heal. That does so. Really, Flinders, uh, they shouldn't have a problem with Saturday. But you know, I'd definitely play Flinders again. Whatever because he's deserved the right to it. Yeah. There's you also the other question. Also, the other question to bring into consideration to to remember as well that Christy Pym isn't our player. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the the decision making on whether or not he can. Even if you know we do strap his finger up and, and he, it heals, whether or not he can play is not down to our medical team now. It's down to to Peterborough, and let's not forget as well. Since he signed in the summer, um, he uh, you know Peterborough have changed managers, so they may well be looking at other options for him as well. It's it's down to our medical staff saying he's he's ready, but also now down to his parent club. Saying yes, okay, um, we'll give them the okay. They may want to monitor the situation a little bit more as well. So uh, I know Clough has already sort of said, as Jamie says in the comments, that yeah. if Pim is fit, he'll play, which I think is wrong. Um, but uh, not Jamie's comment. I think Clough's comment of yeah. if he's yeah. fit, he'll play is wrong. It was an unnecessary uh, thing for Clough to say, wasn't it? What, what's the oh, advantage to anybody in making that declaration? Yeah, it's another Nigel Cloughism. How does it help anybody to say? Given the opportunity, you're not playing again, Mr. Flinders. Yeah. It, it doesn't that, help. You know, it, no, it's it a sort doesn't. of decision. Is every right to, as manager, is every right to make that decision? And you have to trust him with it. What he shouldn't be doing is excluding somebody on the basis that as soon as Pim's come back and he's, he's washed his hand, he can play again. Well, yeah. You know, I don't hope, I don't wish that Pim's injury will last very long at all. It's not very pleasant as a goalkeeper to have your finger out. But he, um, I'd like to see Flinders have at least one more game. I really do. Yeah, he deserves it. He, he absolutely does uh, deserve it. And like we said, we've, we've got enough in the goalkeeping department. It's not like last, last season. I mean this in the greatest respect. Merrick Steck is a brilliant character and was by far our number one cheerleader last year. And I was gutted that he didn't get at least a minute of, of action yeah. last, last season because he deserved a little bit of it. But had Bishop, had this been the situation last this time last season and Bishop got injured, I'd have been worried about the strength our goalkeeping department had. Our goalkeeping coach at the time was not a, a goalkeeping coach you could register as a player. 
Owen Mason was a year younger and therefore was was out on loan and getting the experience that he he needed. Can you imagine bringing Seamus on? (laughs) I know, much better position now as a a goalkeeping setup um, than, than what we were. And there is no need. It's not like, you know, He's a striker who's got who scored twenty goals, and we're desperate to get him back, like we were with Oates last season. We're in no rush to do it, and I think it'd be it send the wrong message to the, to the players, and also maybe to to Flinders' confidence. But again, Flinders may we don't know what the contractual agreement is. He may well know that he's only there to play if Pim cannot. Which you know, it's 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 by the by, isn't it? But uh, it's by the by. Uh, let's. Talk about Mr. Utility then, um, and go from play go from praising Flinders. I can't get my words out to praising Wallace, Kieran Wallace. You know he gets some right stick. He, you know, you may remember a few seasons a few seasons ago that Paul Digby used to get a lot of stick, and I used to give him a lot of praise on this podcast. Well, I'm going to say it now. Kieran Wallace is the new Paul Digby. He is underrated by many, and yet every time he plays, he is un, 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 no, he is, is, is a delight to watch. He does the nitty gritty. He does the jobs which nobody else wants to, nobody else wants to do, and I can't fault his effort whatsoever. In fact, I was actually disappointed to see him dropped in the first place after his performance two weeks ago. Yeah, I it's agree just, with you. It's just a shame for Wallace after playing such a demanding role in his last match in the place that he did it, you know, in front of the back four. It was exceptional that day. And he deservedly, you know, from what everybody else got the man of the match. But, you know, and then to hear, hear that Lewis <laughs> Reed's coming in and say, you know, he's got to v- fight for a place with Lewis Reed. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's only going to be one winner. It's the same as Johnson against Gordon. You know, if they'd both been fit, there's only one that's winner. Callum, that's Callum Johnson, by the way. You're not suggesting that we play Danny Johnson right oh, now. <laughs> hey, don't rule that out. <laughs> why do you th- Why do you think you weren't in Clough's plans anyway? Because because Danny Johnson didn't want to play left wing back. Oops. <laughs> yeah, so I felt a bit sorry for him, but he always gives hundred percent when he comes on. I've got no problem with playing him as and when. But but I don't like you. Position. I don't. He's a ninety-minute player. He's in a difficult position, Alan, isn't it? Because as you, as you rightly say, he's, he's, he's just a bit down the pecking order. We've yeah. got um, obviously George Maris is back for the next yeah. game, and it's going to be an interesting relationship between him and uh, Reed. Um, now this brings. I see. I see. Put Maris further forward now. Well, in my well, opinion, I don't know. Do you put Maris further forward or do you put Reed further forward? Because no. Maris, I always thought Maris is, plays a decent anchor in the midfield. But yeah, you're quite right. I mean, if he's if he's allowed to roam free, he's is up there. Even if he scored the other day, be, because he was allowed that freedom up front. But it's going to be an interesting relationship, I think. Now this Listen. begs another question about leadership and uh, another Nigel Cloughism of Nigel Clough has definitely got in each position. A, a top four or top five of players that he will will play, and he just rotates them as and when they're available. And I don't think that Ollie Clark. I think it's undeserved on Ollie Clark. I don't think that he falls into Nigel Clough's top three of players to play in midfield. Well, and he's never played for Burton, has he? That's the problem. There is that, and you know it, it worries me that he's our captain, and yet he doesn't play week in week out. And you look at. 
you know, where we're going now. And you're thinking, well, as soon as Riley Harbottle's match fit, he'll play in place of Perch. The back three will be Hewitt, Kilgore, Harbottle. McLaughlin is, you know, probably going to be out for a, for a while. It's, it didn't look good at all when he uh, when he went off. So then you've got to look at bringing somebody in at left fullback. But there's another one of your captains gone. We've got rid of our vice captain and sold him to to Gillingham. You're going to drop our other captain in James Perch. Our actual captain's not playing in in uh, Ollie Clark. There is a little bit of a, a mix up. You know, some people say that you should have 11 captains out on the pitch. Other people say it's just a box ticking admin exercise, but consistency is key. And I'm going to solve my own problem now by saying that uh, the captain's armband needs to be relinquished to a player on a permanent basis who is going to play week in, week out, who never lets us down unless he's taking on his mate. And that is Mr. Hewitt. Yeah, I'm going to say I'd have no problem with giving it Elliot Hewitt. I just think there's a stronger candidate at the moment, although he's only played one game, and that would be Mr Kilgore for me. I think he's got the grit and determination to prove a captain. You know, I think it, I feel sure that I've heard somewhere that he's been captain before, and I just think he oozes captain material. Did and he not take over from Ollie no. Clark at Bristol Rovers? I'm not sure whether he did or not. He might have done, Craig. He might have done. I mean, the other thing about Ollie Clark, you've got to remember that it looks like he was quite instrumental in getting uh, in persuading Kilgore yeah. to come to our club. Yeah, um, it seems to me a rather rough justice if he's not um, in club's main plans for the middle of the park. Because I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's got a good shot on him. He's got that uh, degree of aggression that you need. He does get his fair share of bookings because of that. But that's that's. I think that's just, it's just, you know, he hasn't played. And he's just, he wants to prove himself all the time. It's like the last time he came on before he got injured. You know, he did the same again and got booked again. It's just over over excitement, over eagerness, call it what you like. I think that's the only problem that he's got. Maybe Nigel Clough needs to change his, his, maybe Nigel Clough needs to change his, uh, team talk to him. You know, when he comes on the pitch, because you can sort of see him. It's like, right, Ollie. Go on, get yourself involved. Make, make them know that you're there. Take control in the midfield. So, Ollie Clark reads that as, right, I've got to go through somebody. So, what he needs to do is go, right, Ollie, get yourself on. Put yourself a little uh, about a bit. Be the leader. Pass the ball around. Be creative. But don't get booked. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Hawkins sort of quietened down a little bit, didn't he? After all his bookings last year, he sent to quiet down just a shade. So you never yeah, know. What, if, he get, if he gets a run in the side, who knows? And uh, look what happened to him. We flogged him to, uh, to Gillingham. <laughs> Ollie Clark likes Gillingham. It'll be good fun the week on Saturday, won't it? When Gillingham oh, comes to town. I look forward to that discussion on the podcast next week. Having said all that, I mean, let's look at the positives that we now have as a result of the business that's been done in January. Um, and Rob's just said it on the, on the comments. Our back line is now sorted. For the first time in best part of two seasons, it looks like we've got a back four that will work. Now, whether you play it as a four or a five is is down to Clough at the end of the day. Going back to midfield, if Maris is back in the side, and then we we, we assume Reed's going to be a cast iron uh, selection, um, who would you then wrap around the rest of that midfield? Clark, it would be my choice, and I think most of us would go for that. Where would you where would you play? Would you play Boateng? 
No. Waste of a player. Should never have signed him in the summer. Same with Hartigan. I like him, but he, and you see the odd flash of what he's capable of, but it's not enough. And he's he's not hard enough either. You know, he, yeah. he's a bit like a butterfly. You'd expect him to be a lot tougher than he is. But um, I just think that we had, when we had Lapsley and, and Maris and Clark and all that, we had a really good midfield when it was playing yeah. really well together. And I think that's what we're going to need to get back to. Um, I mean, of Lapsley's course, gone gonna... now. Lapsley's not wasn't playing as well as he had done when we. So I don't. I'm not shedding too many tears over him leaving. Um, and I think in in Reed we have potentially bought a better player. That's so, the problem, though, with uh, with with the, with Lewis Reed. Let's just hope, Alan, that he doesn't go down the Mansfield Town way of a superb debut. And then yeah, and a not so drift, superb Mansfield Town career. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that will happen, to be honest. And like I said, I'd like to see Marius a little bit for if he does give Reed the holding role, which I haven't got a problem with, because he had a reasonable game on Saturday to start with. Put Marius that little bit further forward because he'll still be able to make things move. He'll still be able to sort passes out or whatever. And he has got the goal in him. He's proved that before. He can get up yeah, there, you know, when somebody puts the right cross in. Very, very true. Right, let's move our attention uh, to... Uh, well, I was going to say let's move our attention to Bradford on Saturday, but we've not really spoken about the Doncaster game much, have we? Um, we're 1-4-1. Sh- <laughs> yeah, what, what more is this to say? I think we've spoken a lot about performances. And yeah. things I've, like that, I've, we? Listen, I've put something on Facebook because it's, it occurred to me that what happened against Doncaster, what happened to Doncaster, was what's been happening to us all season. Teams mm. have come along and they've scored with every shot. Yeah, absolutely. On Saturday, we had four shots and we got four goals. And I think so, Doncaster can feel a little bit hard done to. I thought the, oh, I agree with Clough on this. He said that the scoreline was a little bit flattering. And I agree with him. Yeah. And I thought Doncaster are a far better team than 4 1 might suggest. So it's a good, good result, even though I didn't think our performance was that special. The goals were. And the timing Tough. of the goals was the most important thing. They came at exactly the right time and uh... test on uh, on Saturday though Alan with uh, Bradford just a place uh, beneath us in eighth on 41 points a point behind with uh, a game in hand as well so we are still in and around uh, the playoffs it's very very yeah. tight in there it could go uh, anyway but I think having beaten Doncaster um, by a convincing scoreline and with yeah. a decent performance on, on Saturday um, with the two games that we've got to, to to come, I think we've we've got to really kick on now, and I think uh, a, a big three points against Bradford would be a, a huge uh, statement of uh, where we want to go because it feels like we've made a good stride forward yeah. now in the week we've had off with the new signings coming in and sort of having that time to bed in and things like that and sort of find our, our fit. But we can't be one step forward and two steps back, can we? We've got to take that, or we've got to be brave now and uh, start to turn that crawl into a walk. Well, I was hoping that, uh, you know, it would happen like that on Saturday. I just got that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I said 3 1, and I was a bit gutted when they got the fourth, but, you know, that's not a problem. I, they could get four, five, six for me. That's not, that's not the issue. But I was hoping they'd have a decent performance put a decent performance and a goal tally just to give us that confidence and that push what we need to, you know, yeah. to move on now, kick on and, you know, give Bradford, give Bradford more the same of what we did to Doncaster because they are eighth and they're a point behind us with a game in hand. But I mean, if we beat them on Saturday, 
that takes that out of the equation. Yeah, so, nice little yeah. bit of momentum as well. Yeah, uh, let's uh, turn our attention then to podcast predictions. Alan, you were, you know, one goal away from yeah. uh, almost a near perfect prediction on Saturday, and it has cost you in the podcast prediction league as well. Yeah, well, uh, there you go. As things stand at the end of January, we'll do our monthly update for you. Uh, you are second in the charts. Well, it had to happen sometime. I enjoyed it while it lasted. I'm very annoyed that I'm not top 10. Um, and I'm even more annoyed that Nathan has somehow managed to creep into the top three. He's now in third. And I'm even more, more annoyed that Clive is top. Well, there you go, you see. There I'm you go. Three. On 33 points. So, with that in mind, Clive, Bradford on uh, on Saturday, predict away, leader. Well, I'm going to plump for the same score lines we had at their ground last year. 2-0 win. Goal time? Just before half-time. We'll say 43. Excellent. Alan Wilson. Mansell Town, 2-1 win. And I'm going for just a little bit before that, 40. Okay, I am going to go for a 2-2 draw and I'm going to go for uh, a bright start and I'm going to go for the eighth minute. Oh. Uh, we'll get Nathan's, Cam's and Nick's, who of course aren't with us tonight, uh, later on in the week and we'll post them on our social media. The link that you need is in the description. Please don't post them in the comments because they will not count. So make sure you do it via the link in the description uh, for them to count and uh, the table is as follows so Clive is at the top uh, with 33 points Alan just behind on 32 Nathan then in third joint third with Roger Roger King uh, Steve Nadin David Shetlife and Adam Crump all on 30 points then it's JS in eighth joint eighth with uh, Kiwi Stag uh, and then down in 10th it's uh, Kathy Holmes on 27th and just outside on 25 is me and just behind uh, in 12th on 24 is Cam. The Mansfield Matters uh, standings. Nick is in six on eight points because he's only done it uh, a bit part this season. Uh, a little bit like probably Danny Johnson will be between now and the end of the season. Very, very light bit part. Um, Cam in fifth on 24. Me in fourth on 25. Nathan in third. Alan in second. And Clive in first. I can tell you that so far this season, 533 points have been scored in podcast predictions. Not that that matters to anyone other than us talking about something in the here and now. Get your predictions in. It's always a bit of fun every single week. Can you knock Clive off of the top of the uh, tower? So there you go. Right. That's almost all we've got time for. A few little bits of housekeeping before we wrap up. Of course, transfer window. Still very much open. It will close tomorrow. Uh, we are expecting a little bit of uh, business. Do we need... Oh, let's let's put it a different way. Can we afford... Because we are expecting at least one to go. Can we afford one to go and nobody to be brought in, Clive? Yes or no? Yes. Alan? Yes. Ish, I will go with. Um, <laughs> Watch them splinters. I know, absolutely. Um, and of course, we are, you know, there will be some football in action tomorrow night at One Course Stadium. Uh, Alan, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Well, it's uh, the Not Senior Cup semi final, Mansell Town versus, or a Mansell Town selected 11 versus Colton Town, I do believe. 7.45 kickoff. Get yourself down there. I think it's £3 for adults, a pound concessions. 
Always a good night there as, you know, those competitions as well, aren't they, Clive? You know, we saw sort of uh, last year, it's good for the players to get a little bit of uh, time in and, and things like that. And, you know, Nigel Clough has sort of said that there will be a few first-teamers involved tomorrow night. Riley Harbottle will get some minutes. Ollie Clark will, will get a bit of a run out as well. Um, Jimmy Knowles, potentially, as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to... Uh, a lot of reasons to get yourself down to the one call tomorrow night if not just to keep you company because I think you've been on every messaging platform going trying to get a friend for tomorrow night I'm nobby no mates me <laughs> it's surprising how many people have got other other commitments when I say hey, fancy coming to the game so, <laughs> I mean usually, usually I would but I'm in Liverpool tomorrow night I'm going to a, a crime authors event in Liverpool so, anyway uh, someone's come to my rescue there. let me tell you I have been I've been drawn into the bosom of Kerry Lou so I should be alright I'll leave that one there um, <laughs> mind you at least at least at least Stephen McLaughlin will be pleased for half an hour or so Absolutely. Uh, of course, back to first team action, Alan. Bradford City on Saturday afternoon, away trip there. SSA bus leaves at, uh, or SSA buses in the plural, uh, quarter past 11 departure, £15 for Ambers and junior members, £20 for blue members, non-members are £25. And to book yourself a seat, all you need to do is text the SSA travel line on the number which Alan Wilson knows by memory and is going to read out now. <laughs> 07967-689-597. Make sure you get yourself uh, booked on at the bus for the SSA. Say hello to Clive tomorrow night if you're going down to watch the uh, under-23s or whatever they want to call themselves. Uh, and we'll see you uh, same time probably next week when we talk all about Bradford and look ahead to the return of some old faces as the mm. Stags take on Gillingham as well. And make sure you follow us on all things social media for more discussions throughout the week on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Alan, do you know? Because Mansoud always matters. Spot on. Well, that's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always, to you guys for watching along at home and for listening as well. We really do appreciate you downloading the podcast every week and hitting that play button. Make sure you're following us on social media to find out when we're next going to be live so you can come and join in the discussion. My thanks, too, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel for their observations, objections, comments, questions, and all the usual stuff in the show as well. Make sure you click the link in the description and get involved with podcast predictions as the Stags head for Bradford on Saturday afternoon. And, of course... Keep involved with us on social media to talk all things transfers and much, much more between now and then, of course. What, 24 or so hours left of the transfer window now as we hit the uh, the end show button on tonight's podcast and who knows what could happen. It may have already happened. That's the uh, beauty of recording an outro before you've even done the show. I know it's complicated, but uh, as always... Continue the discussion on social media. Right, that's it. I'm off. We will see you again next week where hopefully the Stags have got three more points on board at Bradford. Maybe have added a player to the ranks and hopefully, from my perspective at least, kept hold of one or two of their assets. Although I can see more departures than arrivals on deadline day. I'm sure we discussed that on the show. Right, good night. Thanks for listening as always. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.